Welcome to the Propane Business Podcast. I'm Johnny. And I'm Yusuf. We set up and built propanefitness.com into the profitable semi-automated system that it is today, which allowed us to quit our corporate jobs and coach online full-time. More importantly, we were able to do this without a huge online audience or being glued to social media every day. We're now ready to share everything from the failures we've made to the systems that now consistently generate hundreds of thousands in revenue. We help personal trainers, coaches, and gym owners do the same by avoiding the mistakes we've made and the best practices going forward. Subscribe to this podcast to learn what we're doing and what we've done to build and scale propanefitness.com. We'll be teaching you how to generate a steady flow of online clients, win at Facebook ads, automate your coaching systems, and to achieve financial independence. I think it's the people I know. You blow your nose the most. And the most aggressively. Highest mm. frequency and intensity, I think. <laughs> the to- most total volume of nose blowing. So interesting. Volume load. I, so my, my brother has had his adenoids taken out, which is a kind of sinus surgery that you have when you're young, if you get lots of frequent blockages and things. And I think I've got the same thing. I had a significant improvement, reduction in phlegm, reduction in amount of nose blowing from a short course of intranasal steroids. So you're so far down the rabbit hole of the medical world, aren't you? Just so pleased that, uh, so as in you need something removed because, so you've had like a confirmation that the steroids did something therefore. Yeah, that, that's what I think. I mean, I, I don't think it's bad enough to need surgery. <clears throat> um, it's just, oh, that's nice. Is that better? Yeah, that's lovely. So do you guess what fixed it? Turning on another light. Turning off both lights. That's interesting. So is that just natural light on one side now? I've even got the blinds down. It's because this camera is very like, like everything turned up to a to a ten. So I have to yeah. offset that. So the room feels dark for me, but the feed looks like it's normal. Okay. Sorry to interrupt your story. No, that's. I mean, it was a very boring story. Probably the most boring story we've ever had on the podcast. I don't think it was as boring as me talking about the lighting in my room. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're still listening, well done. You've passed yeah. the test. Now we go on to the, the real meat, the, the real, real interesting meat, yeah. stuff. Because we got rid of the, the flakers. <laughs> well, now we're going to reveal the secrets, aren't we? This that we've it. been waiting to reveal the entire time. And so the secret topic that we wanted to talk about today is, should you love what you do? Do you need to love what you do to be successful? I feel like you're in quite a good position to answer that. Mm-hmm. So, because, well, I'll let you answer it. Well, yeah, I, both of our backgrounds are coming from a job that we thought we would like because other people told us that that's what we should do. <laughs> and mm. then when we did it, we realized the reality of the job did not match up at all with what you were told about it. So very quickly, we were like, okay, we've got a choice here. We can either suspend reality, just put the blinkers on, forget that it's quite a painful existence and just plod on. It's only another 40 years till retirement. Or... Probably worse. <laughs> well, yeah, longer for us now, I guess. Um, mm. By the time we retire, it'll be 94. And 
will have reversed <laughs> aging, which won't be a good thing for human health. It'll just mean that we can work for longer as a as an accountant or a um, investment banker. Yeah. <laughs> great stuff so we very quickly were like okay we need to look at the the four currencies the the different features that make for a good quality of life so for us it we kind of split it down to money freedom of time freedom of location and satisfaction and propane kind of evolved from that because it ticked many of those criteria so in a sense it's not necessarily enjoying the day-to-day like subject matter of what you're doing. It's does that afford you the maximum um, maximum balance of those four currencies in your particular preference. Some people mm. don't need much freedom of time or don't need much satisfaction from their job. They just want to maximize money and travel or whatever that combination is. So I think there's, there's a part of it that as in like people don't want that. I think it's more the case that some people think it's not possible or people have like a paradigm that they were maybe born into or their friends operate in. And they assume that like there's a limit, there's a, there's a cap to those dimensions and you can't have a job that means that you just work whenever you want. That's, that's not right. That is, that is, that is impossible. Or you can't earn more than X per hour or X per year. Um, or you can't do something that you achieve immense or re- receive immense satisfaction from because work's work and work should be hard. So I think that's actually more of a trap for people than picking the wrong career, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think it's it's people putting in the barriers before they've even yeah. tried to or thinking, well, it's not compatible to have work and enjoyment in the same sentence or to have travel and money in the same breath or whatever and so they go okay well i guess it's just got to be rubbish and you know i'm certainly not saying that johnny and i have idyllic lives where we're just having a great time all the time in fact i think our lives are probably quite monotonous and, and and rough at times but it's in line with our particular preferences. Like we're very much people of routine. Um, yeah. Well, so I think the, the most important part of that is, um, so it's the, it's the same reason why I went <clears throat> back to powerlifting training because I feel like I'm working on something like the, the ins and outs of the session uh, often horrendous like wouldn't wouldn't wish them on people i strongly dislike yeah, that, that's a great analogy you never like lifting going oh this is lovely yes like, nice time. sets of 10 <laughs> yes <laughs> like i had to do sets of 10 on a wide stance low bar good morning yesterday awful awful <sighs> but like it's all part of the puzzle it's all part of the bigger thing so it's okay and it's I think- amazing how many training analogies there are for any of these the same questions. Well, I think there's, there's training analogies for most things in life. Because what you're saying there is, I'm going to have to train in some way. Like you're going to have to work in some form to, to mm. be able to eat. Unless you're someone that can fully be comfortable with being homeless and just say like, I don't need any money. I'm happy with a sleeping bag and, you know, 10 pound a day. 
you're going to have to do something. So you have to train. So you turn up to the gym and you go, well, the choice really is what form of training do I do? And so I can choose something which is really unpleasant and I don't like and doesn't really take me to my long-term goal, but I've just got to kind of settle with it, which I think for most people is the default option, which is you turn up, you go to machine 1A, which is the like chest press, and you see on the side of the label that it's slight says, incline that, that <laughs> with the handles that converge. <laughs> Precisely, yeah. <laughs> you start on on like a single stack of the was it a single plate on the stack, and you read the label on the side, and it says perform twelve to fifteen reps for three sets, and you go, all right, I guess I've got to do that. Here we go. Yeah, you work and your way it. through. That's how most people spend their entire life. Well, that's just the model of like. You go to university, you do your degree, you get a job. <laughs> it's the plug and play. So what's CrossFit? CrossFit is, oh, yeah, how does it's that go, It's like going on multiple gap years, isn't it? And thinking that, like, I don't need a job, I don't need because money's bad and corporations are bad and Starbucks don't pay enough profit. No, I'm only joking. It's, 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 they've got the variety nailed. They're very good at that piece. I think that the multiple gap years is like the people that turn up on the cross trainer, put it on the slowest setting and like just get the phone out and just kind of like, yeah. Um, but CrossFit, because it's so hard and unpleasant, like you can do all right. If you, I think CrossFit's investment banking or some like some really hard job that doesn't pay that well, but uh, medicine probably, um, doesn't pay well, very hard. Doesn't really kind of, it's satisfying because you're doing something hard, but, yeah, it's maybe it's not the right example, but I think hopefully people get the point of like <laughs> you. I was having thinking about this tons lately. This 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 concept because like it all stems back to this conversation I had with my meditation coach of like look you look at this as decades, not days. Like you're looking at this the wrong way, and that was a real like twat moment for me like what am i doing like i'm worrying about the details of of like should i meditate in the morning or the evening what is 20 25 minutes like it none of this matters if you're not still doing it in 10 years time like that is the only thing that matters because if you're still doing it in 10 years time you'll have you'll have 10 years of lessons and you'll probably have arrived at something that works quite well and it's the same with training. Like both of us can look back over training and say, well, we achieved these things. But it's not because of the program we did 7.5 years ago. It's because we just trained <laughs> for 10 years. So I guess there, the, the, if you unpick that and you say, right, the goal is not anything micro. The goal is to have trained, to be in a point where you have trained for 10 years progressively mm. and well. What's required to be able to do that? Two things. Not getting injured. Yeah. So don't, don't blow yourself out financially like in terms of the equivalence for this analogy like don't go bankrupt or do some kind of major suicide don't go to jail don't go to jail don't don't get yourself sued um don't have like 20 kids um Mm. don't do stuff that's just going to be like a massive time and financial drain Mm. and then the second one is pick a program that you enjoy and that you can run for a long time yep so you know it's it's really yeah. I, I was listening to a podcast about steroids recently by okay. Mike Isretel. Very interesting. Just uh, I, be, I bet it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've just never heard like a perspective on steroids from someone that isn't a bit kind of broy. And 
well, one of the analogies was like <clears throat> you take two people and you take something like Diana Ball. In fact, this wasn't his. This was some the, a guy that he recommended who's like the person at the top of the mountain who knows all about the steroids. He said, Diana Ball, 100, 100 tablets, two people. Tell the first person just nail all of them at once. Tell the second person to take one every day. Who's going to make better gains? Like same total amount of testosterone that you've taken into your system, but mm. very different result. Is that because one is paired with the training stimulus and the other one isn't? Partly, and also like there's only so much signal that you can <laughs> you can give your muscle in one go. It's on or off, yeah. I see. <laughs> Grow all of it now. <laughs> I imagine you'd have some kind of like like imagine waking up the next day having gained like ten pounds of muscle. Be mental. It'd be nice. Hours. But would it? I I actually think taking a hundred D balls would be the worst thing that you could do for your endocrine system. You just shut yourself down, and that'll be it. And then going to the endocrinologist and being like, oh, "I took a hundred D ball," but might it not go like, "Oh, he didn't mean it. Like he clearly took it by accident. We'll switch back on in a week." Rather than he's still doing this. We're twenty days in, and he's still going. You'd hope so. Uh, yeah, I guess you've, you've <laughs> got to get into the mind of a man's testes and say like, "How? Yeah, how would, how would I work?" Mm. Yeah, but so. I suppose, how does this link back to the original question? Do you have, so I think it, I do think it helps to really enjoy what you do because I think the more you can, the more that like a day just passes you by because you're so engrossed in a tiny little, so you like a rep, I suppose in the training analogy, it's like a rep or a set means nothing in the context of the 10 years of training, but at the time it's all you're doing. So if you're just, involved in the session and you quite it's all right like you understand why you're doing it it's maybe not that fun at the time but you understand how it pieces together and you're making progress on last week and on yesterday and you can see this curve going in the right direction and that keeps you playing the game then that makes you very hard to catch or compete with in the the field that you picked to to be in that you're enjoying the growth process oh the yeah the well that you're i think having like an obsession with it helps so one of the reasons one of the like the events that prompted me to leave accounting was realizing that at 5 p.m all i wanted to do was leave to leave the office to train or read or listen to people talk about training or work on propane whereas everybody else wanted to like stay to develop a career that's interesting i'm just going to lose like as soon as a promotion gets thrown up as threat for anybody to take, it's the people who like like working till t- till nine pm that'll win. Mm, it's a big and barometer because just... when you hit that five pm point, and then I remember so vividly the the time after five pm comes at such a premium. Like every minute that you're still in the office, you're like, "Why am I still here?" Like, no, yeah. no. And someone's like, "Oh, can you just do this thing?" You're like, "No." Like, so yeah, that's a big one. And so I think there's many pieces to this and the gym analogy still holds up. I know we're really squeezing the lemon of this analogy, but I think it works, which is there has to be a form of progression. You have to be able to recognize that progression and see it and be motivated by the, the kind of um, inherent, what, what do they call it? The um, intrinsic reward of the training, mm. but the work environment needs to also be conducive to enjoying your life. Now, that's the same as turning up for a gym that's got all the all the kit that you need and it's really nice but the guy at the desk is a bit of a dick or it's always a bit cold or like 
you can never quite go onto the squat rack when you need to, like that's having like a bad laptop or something. There's, there's a couple of things that like one thing that's bad about your work environment could affect your entire quality of life. And that, mm. that's not necessarily just when you're running a business. Like in fact, when you're running a business, you have more control over your work environment because you're working mm -hmm. from home and you, and you can do, you can set it up in however you want. It's harder to control in an office environment. Like it may well be comfortable. There might be a nice coffee machine with proper coffee and you might be able to get your steps in at lunch and go for a nice go for a nice lunchtime sandwich and people you work with are nice and all, all those things. And they, they make just as much of a difference to you enjoying what you do as a job mm. as the actual mechanics of the stuff that you're working on too. There's something that um, our friend Dan once said to me, like he just reduced like most of the working world down into just most people just look at spreadsheets. Yep. Like they might be, they'll be doing different things in the spreadsheets but most works just spreadsheets or like word documents really accurate and so if we take that as the baseline we say okay well at, at the end of at the root of it all i'm going to be working on a spreadsheet or a document <laughs> so how can i make that as nice as Fun. possible yeah or, or you go like fully out of that world and you do something manual or like with your hands or something super creative and i, I guess in those cases like you probably know you want to do that in that in that case mm. and i suppose a personal trainer like they probably they don't use that many spreadsheets in a gym so there's that there's that comparison as well but I, it's really hard to like it's hard to put it in words but I, I think how so since since i left the finance world i don't think i've thought about anything i do as i'm at work which is a bit odd really but like i, I don't and i'm sure you're the same like you and I both have, there's a time we're doing what we want to do, which is working on propane. And then there's other stuff we have to do, generally speaking, or like yeah. other commitments that we fit around that. And we make time in 100% of the time, which is working on propane to fit the other stuff in. Like I'll go train, spend time with my family, friends, girlfriend, go to sleep at some point, go to eat. I, I suppose the, <clears throat> the obsession, and I don't know if this is healthy or not, but it almost feels, it's an emotion akin to relief when I sit down, I've opened my laptop and I'm at my desk and it's like, oh, okay, I can, I can start <laughs> doing God. the thing. Well, but I suppose like, cause you know, some people have hobbies, but I think, well, imagine if the hobby was the thing that you got, the thing you were building is like your job and your career. And that was the thing that you chose. If someone was like, you got an hour spare and you default to working on your career. I, how, why is there a downside to that? You know, like you've yeah. got to, you got to do something with your time. So why not do it and why not add it, put that time in a place that adds value to yourself, to other people, creates products, creates change I would in say the world it, in some way. I'd say even strong, in stronger terms than that, I think it's not just a case of why not do it like in something that you enjoy, but life is short and you spend an inordinate amount of time working. If you, if you take away sleep because you're, you're literally not conscious when you're sleeping and you just take it as the ratio of waking time, like you spend a ridiculous amount of time working. So, and we don't live for that many years, really. So if mm. we, if you're not enjoying, or if you're not moving towards something and it's not making you a better person, not making you grow, and you're spending eight, nine hours a day doing that, it's, it's a real shame. Not everyone has the luxury of doing that too. Like if you're listening to a podcast, 
then you're probably in a first world country where you have the luxury of having free internet or having internet access and not having to work in a factory to feed your family and all that kind of thing. So you've got the choices available. And a lot of the time, the choices are really restricted by internal barriers that we put up, as Johnny said, rather than external ones. Yeah, like thinking. So I suppose the most direct analogy is, or the most direct comparison is a personal trainer who thinks that I can only charge this much per hour and online coaching doesn't work. I've got to deliver my service offline, especially being, they've been doing it a long time. You know, if someone's been working in the fitness industry for 20 years and they've honed this craft of like program design, session design, they've got their calendar and their diary like really tightly managed and it, it, they've got this roster of clients that's all word of mouth, got a really strong brand. But they're starting, you know, that now they're having kids and there's other st- parts of their life that are pulling a, a higher demand on like 6 p.m or 7, 7 a.m. or Saturday, and now like going and doing the three back-to-back boot camps on a Saturday morning's time you could be spent like doing something you'd rather do, you've got to break out of this like ingrained belief pattern that that is the only thing you can do, and then that is the only way to earn a living in this industry. And I think that's why sometimes when people see an ad for like an online coach, there's a negative reaction, because it's like it's not just stop telling me about 10 grand a month it's like you're threatening the model that i thought was the only way to operate in this world for my entire life and now someone's telling me actually you can just work at home so it's, it's seen as a personal attack almost because of it yeah i mean to use that overused training analogy that we've been <laughs> milking for this podcast um you turn up for the gym and your entire thought process is like, oh, I need to change up what I'm doing. So, and, and you're doing like barbell lifts and you go, okay, well maybe I'll change the rep range or I'll change the tempo or I'll change the, um, the weight on the bar. And you're really thinking in terms of like that, it's almost like you, you're at a job at an accountant, accountancy firm and you go, oh, maybe I'll move into a smaller accountancy firm or maybe I'll, um, <laughs> I'll, oh, I could step into bookkeeping or I could go into f- like, um, the finance department of a, a corporate or whatever, but actually someone comes along and says, we thought about stepping away from the barbell entirely and s- swimming. Maybe you like swimming more or like, Oh, there's a squash court downstairs. <laughs> and you go, Oh, but that's what? <laughs> well, have fun while uh, enjoy playing squash while training. Squash is really hard. To be fair. I've never played squash. Really I'd like to, but it does look sweaty. Very fast-paced, very difficult. Lots of lunging. It looks like the kind of thing where you'd, like, strain a glute. (laughs) (laughs) It's So I've actually pulled a quad um, from playing squash before. Like, it's it's the sort of thing that I think if you have, like, (laughs) above-average muscle mass, and you put someone in a fet because ultimately what it is, it's a, sm- it's a small room, right? It's, a it's small not a cupboard, room. it's a small room. <laughs> <laughs> it's a small room and there's a very small ball and a racket. And someone says, and you're like a competitive, you know, like 20 something full of testosterone. Someone says, I'm going to hit this ball and you've got to chase the ball and hit it back as hard as you can. You're like, right. You run in a direction as fast as you can. You realize... I, if I don't stop here, I'm just going to hit that wall at full pelt. 
So then you've got to stop or change direction, then like lunge and before you know you've thrown yourself on the floor, pulled a quad, torn your glute, ripped a pack. And you I mean, the idea of stopping a hundred kilos moving at maximum velocity can't be done in a small room. Yeah, very hard. Sometimes you just have to hit the wall. <laughs> <laughs> do you just hit the wall body on, or do you put your foot up and kind of run like step? I normally just take the just take the impact. Yeah. You just got to take it sometimes. <laughs> just got to, yeah. Oh. So, yeah, I don't know what, how well we've, we've, uh, I think, I think to answer the question, I think it helps if you do love what you do. Because I think even if you take it down to like a, a raw, like it's all a competition. So you're in a career and you're competing for the best job or you're, you're a business owner and you're competing for market share, customers, whatever. If you're up against someone who loves it, then you pr- unless you are just out-talenting them or you've got another way to work harder than them, they'll sit on a Friday night and do a bit of work here and there while you won't because you don't like it. So, and I think yeah, choose the game the that you're playing. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you're like, oh, well, I don't feel competitive, maybe you're not a naturally competitive person, in which case, great, pick a job that suits that profile but if you are, but you just don't feel passionate about the thing which you're supposed to be competitive in, then you don't have to play that game. Play a different game. Everyone's competitive about something. Like, you're asking enough questions. Someone cares about... Most people care about something. Like, all right, I'll take this away. But no, no, no. Ah. Oh, there it is. <laughs> okay. Um, but uh, I think, yeah, like, picking the thing that you're... Rather than seeing it as, like, something you love, pick the thing that you wouldn't think twice about working all night on or like working late on because if you if you view it like that and you're happy to work late then it's I mean, as cliche as it sounds like it's not a job anymore you're just doing something because you enjoy doing it and if you enjoy doing it and you're good at it and you put enough time into it chances are probably people will, will notice so that's it really nice and then I think to add to that as well is you've got the like you, you then got Johnny's framework for picking the core thing that you're doing and then look at all the other components of work life for you and just break it down into the individual bits and say, how can I make all of these as enjoyable as possible? It's almost atomic mm. habits in your job. You know, how can you make it easy, make it attractive, make it obvious? And the other one. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the other one is. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, um, you know, Furious Pete, is that his name? Yeah. So he had, quite recently, he was diagnosed with testicular cancer, I think twice. Twice? Um, Yeah, I think so. Um, But there was, I saw an interview with him. This was a couple of years ago. I saw an interview with him where he was like going, you know, I mean, it's like horrendous to think about, you know, you're like in the gown in in the clinic getting treated and all that sort of stuff. And he said he had this like realization that if he was all fine afterwards, that he was fine with how, what, everything he was doing in his life. And, you know, most people have this, like, have an experience like that, like, right, to hell with it. I'm going, I'm climbing Everest. I'm going to go, yeah. like, row, row, row the Amazon or, like, whatever these, like, other extreme things are. Whereas he was just like, nope, doing exactly what I want to do. I think that's, like, a obviously you don't want something like that to happen, but it's an interesting barometer, isn't it, of, like, if I was suddenly put in this life-or-death situation, and would question all these assumptions. Um, like, would I? Is there something else that's like, 
in the back of my mind niggling away of like oh, I would do that mm. like if it if I did if I thought it would work out okay I would love to try this and you don't do and you're not doing that like that's just your own world preventing that decision um and that's back to the the Anton Creel framework of like what actually is the downside of, of quitting something like people think the downside is oh I'm losing my career and my salary but it's what could you get back to in a year's time like if you took a year to try something and it failed and you had to restart where to get back to where you are now in a year's time what is the actual gap and it's quite small so that yeah to, to clarify that it's like if you're in a, a job that's 30k salary and you quit and you go oh but if I quit my downside is 30k it's like no it's not it's like probably 2k or 4k because you could get another job you could walk into another job right now at 26k or 28k worst case mm. scenario or um best case scenario you could walk into a job that's 60 or 70 or you could set something up that scales or whatever well so, the, the upside the upside's infinite because yeah. like so so jeff bezos used to work in a hedge fund and quit his job, and everyone was like, "Jeff, what the hell are you doing, mate?" He's like, mm, "I've got a pretty good idea. You want to do this internet thing?" Like, "Jeff, you're an idiot, mate. You're an idiot. Don't do it, Jeff." He's like, "No." And now, obviously, Amazon's doing quite well, isn't it? Like they're growing year on year, and yeah, making hundreds of pounds every year. So. I think it's thousands. Really, thousands yeah. of pounds. Thousands of pounds. <laughs> to be honest, he's probably making thousands of pounds per day at this point. <laughs> So there we go. If you want to make thousands of pounds per day, just like Jeff Bezos, then um, go work at a hedge fund, then leave and set up an online bookshop. So we are five minutes, six minutes late for our next podcast with Tony Winnard. So you can have a listen to that in podcast land in a week or so. Okay, bye then. I thought it was a quarter to. <laughs> Want to learn more about the systems we use to run, build, and scale propanefitness.com? Head over to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast and you can get your hands on our free training that covers the seven steps that we take with every client that we help build their own online business and also the seven steps that we use to successfully build Propane Fitness. We walk through the sales systems, the delivery systems, follow-up, remarketing, how to basically build your program so that it delivers coaching to your clients without you being there 24-7. We really do cover the full thing, right? And if you want to continue even further and potentially work with us, there's a chance to book in a call to have an informal chat with Yusuf or I to just basically see if any of our programs would be a fit to help you get from where you are to where you want to get to. So go to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast today and get access to that. If you'd like to learn just more about Yusuf and I, more about us, what we do, follow us on the various channels, the best place to go is our YouTube channel. We have a load of stuff from fitness content, productivity content, why Yusuf slept on the floor for several months, why he's been having cold showers. There's always stuff on there that's entertaining and hopefully informative. So just go to YouTube, search for Propane Fitness, and you can find out a bit more about us there as well. Speak to you on the next episode.